Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of Press Connect with Field and Pals, your weekly bite size chunk of aftermarket news for the week gone by. Uh, how you doing, Hayley? I'm really well, thank you, Mark. It has been a roller coaster of a week. The weather here, it seems to be something I talk about each week, but we've had rooftops end up on roads and this has had serious impact onto private transport. How is it at your end? I've been busy. I've been out and uh, I've been on the motorway and I've gone and seen other people in person, socially distanced, of course. Um, so, yeah, it's been... Yeah, it's been interesting. I've not had as many Zooms apart from this one. One of the really interesting things that I've had this week has been the feedback from the previous episodes of Press Connect. I'd like to have listeners. Uh, we do. We have listeners. And I would like in particular to thank Zbigniew for his feedback on the chip shortage, which is impacting a friend of his who has a fleet of vans on order. And there is a shortage of chips for a dashboard module. So thank you very much, Zbigniew. Um, I really enjoyed that feedback. And I would like to find out when your friend does get his fleet order uh, safely received. We've also heard from Sam Moores from Motorsport Valley, another listener to our podcast, and he's threatening with a question for next week. So I'm really interested to hear what's bubbling away over at Motorsport Valley. Any questions for, from you, Mark? Well, it's, it's great that we've got uh, one, two listeners already, which is great. So uh, um, it, it's always good. And we've got some some exciting news possibly next week, hopefully a new logo for these ramblings and then maybe some merchandise and then maybe who knows who knows the world is our oyster isn't it really Hayley I'm with this but not a press connect mug <laughs> <laughs> well anyone out there that would like to provide us with a press connect mug uh let me know I'll send you the logo we are we, we welcome everything and anything so uh um but no great that we're starting to engage with our audience um i had a question kind of a statement and a question but a really interesting one from from peter welch of scotland's ash garage whom we both know um friend of of, of, of ourselves really uh and it was kind of the point that for a busy garage a busy mot garage the the amount of investment now required in IT, in broadband, to enable him to, well, to train, to test, to diagnose, to to, to work, it, it's just incredible. And um, you know, where, where does that stop, really? But he's talking about a thousand megabytes broadband. So um, honestly, when when we are allowed back into the workshops, I'm thinking your workshop is going to have the best Wi-Fi um, there is available. The problem with a lot of industrial estates is we're still using the telephony that has been left over in some cases from the Second World War. Um, I did like that the PSTN acronym is apparently the pretty simple telephone network, which um, I believe to my core for many years, but apparently it doesn't stand for that. We're incredibly fortunate here in South Wales and we have one gigabyte bandwidth coming in and I actually lost my connectivity last week and this was absolutely catastrophic for my business. Every single programme that we use is a software as a service. This is how we integrate with our motorists, it's how we order our parts, it's how we access our databases, it did bring our workshop to a standstill. So I had spanners, but without the bandwidth, I could not function. So we now have within our workshop a 
uh, Failsafe, which actually runs on what is essentially a mobile phone SIM card. And this is going to be just the method of modern working. The pandemic has proved to us that connectivity is an essential item and we need to view it like water, toilets, clean mm -hmm. air and safe places to wash your hands. We need the internet to survive and I'm hoping that this is going to be a huge focus for our government administration in the immediate future. Uh, and I think it's also a big, uh, it's another indicator to, to the motoring public as well if we can. It's, it's, a, it's a talking point because it, we talk about how garages communicate, how we all communicate, but like anything, a business needs to invest and the okay you 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 know people come into your business and they walk away with their their repaired or service car or MOT car um but all the investment that you've put in that goes behind that is incredible and i think that um you know we'll do well i think to just sort of uh, highlight those investments that we make and it is as as, as you said as uh, as important uh, and as critical as um as running water it's uh, a, a utility that um yeah it's just uh, it's part of our everyday life now isn't it and and i think the concern for peter and i dare say for many other garages is that the time it takes if i mean if you're a rural garage and you're not got the connectivity it's the, the time it's going to take to do various different jobs is is, is going to be quite uh, quite long the challenges for, for connectivity are further reaching. As we enter the new age of CPD and the legal requirement for assessment and testing, it is hugely impacted on your ability to complete tests within an allotted time. And this challenge needs to be overcome and our rural communities do need to be protected. And this should be considered a priority for connectivity because it can bring whole government processes to a complete stop if we are not able to integrate with that communication. If anyone would like to add on to these comments, I'd quite like that actually, just to sort of get a bit more information on the difficulties that you're experiencing, because I know they're out there in terms of uh, broadband connection issues. But uh, let's move on to our uh, three points that we want to raise this week. Do you want to go first, as always? Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Now, locally here in Wales, we've been very busy following the local elections with our policy unit and making recommendations for small business and what we need from our government to move forward. Um, I was very grateful to be asked to represent the automotive aftermarket and to put a roadmap in place as to what would be meaningful help to the sector moving forward, especially to realise the government ambition of EV and hybrid uptake. So this in particular, I think can be supported from the super deduction, which we have talked about before. So this will enable uh, garages to invest in the tooling and the equipment that we need to accommodate this new technology. Uh, further to that, I would like to see support ongoing after the end of the furlough support, perhaps through um, tax credits or something like that to small employers, so we can access free at the point of consumption training for EV and hybrid technicians and have them recognised as a priority group. Um, not only should we be investing in individuals through their national insurance number and getting this to them through a personal learning account, we can then support 
employers further using a tax credit system similar to the small employer relief so we can cover the costs of the absence of those technicians because it really is going to take everybody chipping in to get us all qualified and ready for this new technology. And you make a point about super deduction which is probably my third point but I'm going to bring it forward the Sorry. impression that's okay the the impression survey which we did to thousands of garages uh, and thank you to everybody that did take the time to fill those in uh, to fill that survey in um, the, the whole point of the survey was to really look at the state of the aftermarket hi poppy is that poppy it is poppy yeah <laughs> she's having a picnic next to me <laughs> ah brilliant so the 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 idea of the survey was to check out the state of the aftermarket and one of the questions that we asked was regarding the government super deduction will it encourage you to invest in equipment make plans for the future have no effect don't know what it is 50 percent of garages replied i don't know what it is so i'm not expecting you to give me a full and uh, wholesome answer on that one but i think it's really important that the media ourselves we really start to communicate the benefits of, of what that is for, for garages the super deduction you are best getting the advice from your financial advisor or your accountant but if you'd like to have a quick bite-sized takeaway source of information do check out auto resource i have got an excellent article on there and you can read further about that there thank you very much uh and a nice plug for auto resource as well <laughs> Uh, uh, that would take us well out of time if we start going into <laughs> the so uh, yeah we need to no, move on from that one <laughs> it's 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 a really interesting one uh and also our survey picked up a numerous number of things and uh numerous things so i will be publishing the results i'll email every garage that took part and i'll also publish it on our social media um linkedin and, and whatnot so some really interesting uh comments that we received as well moving on to my second point then which actually goes into something you said the house of commons select well the house of commons public accounts committee has uh checked or has produced a report sorry and said that there is no clear published plan to meet the government's goal of banning new and petrol diesel car sales by 2030 pause for effect <laughs> i mean it's quite simple to say we're going to improve um a situation by removing something but that vacuum then needs to be addressed what are we going to be supporting it with um we see this a lot with things like town centers where they don't allow allow private transport within the town centers but then it's not adequately scaffolded with a public transport solution so we really do need some critical thinking to be applied here as to how this technology is going to be supported for repair for maintenance and calibration um, i have particular concerns about the uptake for adas the importance of things like wheel alignment are going to become critical maintenance checks and um, we do need to have more skilled technicians that understand this and also we're going to have a period of pain where the motorists are going to be um, landed with some unexpected bills for maintaining this technology uh, this technology is not cheap to look after um, i'm incredibly interested with what citroen are up to with the citroen ami um, at a, a six thousand pound there or there about retail price point for a fully electric car we are going to need a solution that is mm. private transport accessible to everybody otherwise we're going to be pricing people out of the car 
I think the report found that just 13 vehicles were less than 13 EV vehicles were less than 30,000 pound. Um, my concern is the is is it is uh, I think it's more based on vehicle type when um, we're fixated on this vehicle type, but perhaps you know we should be more fixated on the actual problem in hand and then look to say, well, actually. Um, you know there are e-fuels there are all these things that are coming on and who's to say that in eight years time nine years time sorry something will surpass that and the combustion engine of sorts will be you know net carbon net so there are some interesting proposals afoot, such as conversion for classic cars, conversion for older cars. But I do think we do need to ask the question, if you've got a clean running, well-maintained older car, surely it's better to keep that car on the road, both for environmental and fiscal reasons, than to mm. replace it with a new one. I remember the uh, listening to newscast uh, the, that podcast, and there is other podcasts that exist other than ourselves, um, which basically they spoke to um, uh, someone from the automotive industry, and basically they said that the exchequer would lose about thirty-eight billion pound if we all turned EV tomorrow. So I just always think there's a lot more to play on this, and there's just a lot more uh, research for us to to look at and for us to put forward just alternative views to, to make the, the situation better because I, I I think there's, there's still a, a long way to go. The automotive industry is a huge ecosystem and we do need to be mindful of the people working within that ecosystem and the economic impact of mm -hmm. taking huge parts of that industry out with the stroke of a pen. Totally agree, totally agree. Uh, your second point this week? Oh, my second point. Do you know, I think I got so wrapped up in the first ones, I think I'm done. You've done one, two and three all in one go. Yeah, sorry. Uh, that's how efficient you are. I did say that we were going to try and keep the time this week and you have excelled once again. Um, OK, my only other third point was just to build on, not really build on that one, but looking at the rising catalytic converter thefts. And we know that companies uh, such as BM Catalyst have been really sort of big at sort of raising awareness of not just the thefts, but the price in precious metals. Um, have you come across it similarly yourself in for a garage? I mean, Northumbrian police have started putting smart water. Um, if it helps, then, then great, but um, they're seeing an 84% increase in thefts. I've not seen a presentation within my workshop yet where a motorist has been the victim of this kind of theft. And I think we can look at this like manhole covers. If you take a manhole cover to a recycling point, uh, they will shop you. So if you are presenting a catalytic converter at the point of recycling, why aren't questions being asked? Mm. That's a fair point. Something for... Um... Uh, for the authorities to look into a little bit more. Exactly. This is a very easy one to pull the teeth on. If you remove the reward for uh, presenting all of these cats, and it's fairly obvious where these cats are coming from. I mean, when I take my weight, my scrap metal to the recycling centre, uh, it's paid into my work account. My work address is on there. You can see it on Company's House. You can see that I'm a, a workshop and the MOT centre. And so I'm not really going to be 
presenting huge numbers of cats, but the the number that they are going in with my recycling, it's it's within expectation. If you've got somebody who is paying into a personal account and has no connection with the industry, what are they doing with thirty cats? Wave the flag. Yeah, fair point. Good point. We've done well. well. We've got one of these days. Yeah. I'll run the world, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt. Uh, we've done well. We've done well for time, reasonably. Absolutely. So we're Absolutely. getting better. We're getting better. We are getting and, we're better. Getting, yeah. and we're getting good feedback as well, which is great. So uh, the key thing is, I want obviously people to ask the questions, air their grievances, ask their problem. You know, just just raise anything with us. It's not a problem. So uh, uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. As ever, have a great weekend. Have a great week. Uh, the highlight of my week next week will be my boy turning 17. <gasps> Amazing. That could be a great point for discussion, actually. The uptake for provisional licenses is the same as it's always been, but they're not being converted to full driving licenses. And we have developed, without intention, I don't think, a, a requirement for ID for the under of 25s, especially around the purchase of alcohol. So right. the uptake of provisional licenses is still as it was before but it's not converting into full driving licenses so that could be something that we could investigate hmm. next week i would hazard a guess that the reason why uh jack won't necessarily turn to a full driving license that quickly is the lack of ability uh, lack of driving test lessons available so that is uh, true we true. are frantically looking at finding so uh and yeah do please t send us your driving tips so uh <laughs> <laughs> don't brilliant. teach your own family how to drive it'll only end in tears <laughs> i was hoping to have my first lesson with him on monday morning and, and just go and and it's it feels like a rites of passage so i can't wait to uh start shouting at him and him shouting at me <laughs> well you have the best time live your best life and i can't wait to hear all about it <laughs> Thanks Thank very you very much. much for listening to Press Connect. We've really enjoyed having the questions this week. And if you have any at all, please feel free to email us or drop something in the comments. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.